This podcast is made available for free globally. That is only possible through my relationships with advertising partners. If you would like to access an ad-free version of Practical Stoicism, go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to learn more. I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat, which is when it works the best, and I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple, small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling, so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Hi there, Prakaptan. I hope you're well. Thanks for being here. Today is a bit of a long read, so I want to jump right into it. But before I do, did you know we have an app coming? Yeah, for real. An iOS store, Apple only app. You know how it goes. You got to do Apple first. It's a whole thing. Anyway, it's exciting. If you want to learn more about it, go to app.stoicismpod.com. Okay, that's all I'm teasing. Here's today's episode, which features letter 106 from Seneca on the corporeality of virtue. Let's dive in. My tardiness in answering your letter was not due to press of business. Do not listen to that sort of excuse. I am at liberty, and so is anyone else who wishes to be at liberty. No man is at the mercy of affairs. He gets entangled in them of his own accord and then flatters himself that being busy is proof of happiness. Very well, you no doubt want to know why I did not answer the letter sooner. 
The matter about which you consulted me was being gathered into the fabric of my volume. For you know that I am planning to cover the whole of moral philosophy and to settle all the problems which concern it. Therefore I hesitated whether to make you wait until the proper time came for this subject or to pronounce judgment out of the logical order. But it seemed more kindly not to keep waiting one who comes from such a distance. So I propose both to pick this out of the proper sequence of correlated matter and also to send you, without waiting to be asked, whatever has to do with questions of the same sort. Do you ask what these are? Questions regarding which knowledge pleases rather than profits. For instance, your question whether the good is corporeal. Now the good is active, for it is beneficial, and what is active is corporeal. The good stimulates the mind and, in a way, molds and embraces that which is essential to the body. The goods of the body are bodily, so therefore must be the goods of the soul, for the soul, too, is corporeal. Ergo, man's good must be corporeal, since man himself is corporeal. I am sadly astray if the elements which support man and preserve or restore his health are not bodily. Therefore, his good is a body. You will have no doubt, I am sure, that emotions are bodily things. If I may be allowed to wedge in another subject, not under immediate discussion, like wrath, love, sternness, unless you doubt whether they change our features, not our foreheads, relax our countenance, spread blushes, or drive away the blood. What then? Do you think that such evident marks of the body are stamped upon us by anything else than body? And if emotions are corporeal, so are the diseases of the spirit, such as greed, cruelty, and all the faults which harden in our souls, to such an extent that they get into an incurable state. Therefore evil is also, and all its branches, spite, hatred, and pride. And so also are the goods, first because they are opposite poles of the bad, and second because they will manifest to you the same symptoms. Do you not see how a spirit of bravery makes the eye flash, how prudence tends towards concentration, how reverence produces moderation and tranquility, how joy produces calm, how sternness begets stiffness, how gentleness produces relaxation? These qualities are therefore bodily, and they change the tones and the shapes of substances, exercising their own power in their own kingdoms. Now all the virtues which I have mentioned are goods, and so are their results. Have you any doubt that whatever can touch is corporeal? Nothing but body can touch or be touched, as Lucretius says. Moreover, such changes as I have mentioned could not affect the body without touching it. Therefore, they are bodily. Furthermore, any object that has power to move, force, restrain, or control is corporeal. Come now. Does not fear hold us back? Does not boldness drive us ahead? Bravery spur us on and give us momentum? Restraint rein us in and call us back? Joy raise our spirits? Sadness cast us down? In short, any act on our part is performed at the bidding of wickedness or virtue. Only a body can control or forcefully affect another body. The good of the body is corporeal. A man's good is related to his bodily good. Therefore, it is bodily. 
Now that I have humored your wishes, I shall anticipate your remark when you say, What a game of pawns! We dole our fine edge by such superfluous pursuits. These things make men clever, but not good. Wisdom is a plainer thing than that. Nay, it is clearly better to use literature for the improvement of the mind instead of wasting philosophy itself as we waste other efforts on superfluous things. Just as we suffer from excess in all things, so we suffer from excess in literature. Thus we learn our lessons, not for life, but for the lecture room. I'm actually not the right person to unpack this, if I'm being honest. Seneca is talking about the giants. No, not the baseball team, but the materialists in Plato's work, The Sophists. I'm now going to read a hopefully not too long excerpt from John Sellers' book, Stoicism, from the Ancient Philosophy series. And when I say hopefully not too long, I hope I'm not breaking any rules by sharing two pages of his book in this context. It feels like fair use, but I'm sure Oxford will sue me into oblivion if I'm wrong. Or just write me a kind letter, giving me the opportunity to first avoid litigation. Here's to cease and desist letters. Here's what Sellers says about Plato, the Giants, and Zeno, and the Stoics. For the Stoics, physics is the part of philosophical discourse that deals with all questions concerning the physical world, from foundational ontology to the empirical sciences such as astronomy and meteorology. The fundamental assertion underpinning all of Stoic physics is the claim that only bodies exist, a claim that dates back to Zeno himself. This may be seen as a direct challenge to the Platonic claim that the material world that we experience is merely a shadow of another realm where real existence lies. Indeed, it echoes a position attributed to one of the parties in the discussion of the nature of existence in Plato's dialogue, The Sophist. In The Sophist, Plato mounts a famous attack on materialism as an ontological position. He refers to a battle between giants and gods over whether being pertains only to physical objects or whether it pertains to non-physical entities. The materialist giants insist that being is the same as body. Anything that they cannot touch or squeeze in their hands as they can with bodies does not exist at all. Thus, they must deny the existence of non-bodily entities such as soul, intelligence, justice, and virtue. For Plato, these conclusions are not only unpalatable, but also probably disingenuous, for no one seriously denies the reality of these things. This extreme position is tempered, Plato suggests, by more moderate materialists who claim that the soul does exist, but that in order to exist it must be a special kind of body. For Plato, it will be possible to catch out the materialists, of whatever sort they may be, if he can force them to admit the existence of something that is not a body. Such an admission would destroy the materialist claim that being a body is the only true mark of existence. Notice that Plato explicitly assumes that for something to be something at all, it must have being or existence. Now, with regard to intelligence, justice, and virtue, Plato's more moderate materialists find themselves embarrassed and have to accept that perhaps these things can exist without bodies. 
Plato then expands upon his conception of existence by characterizing it as a capacity to act or be acted upon, and suggests to the moderate materialists that perhaps this should be the true mark of existence rather than being a body. Yet Plato's materialists appear to have rejected this characterization. Now let us turn to the Stoics. Zeno follows the giants in the Sophist by insisting that being or existence should be identified with body, despite the concession by Plato's moderate materialists. He affirms that only bodies exist, rather than fall into the Platonic trap of being forced to admit that the soul or justice or virtue do not exist, however, he is prepared to claim that all of these things exist and are indeed bodies. He also accepts Plato's characterization of existence as the capacity to act or be acted upon, but reserves this solely for bodies against Plato's intention. Finally, he calls into question Plato's assumption that for something to be something at all, it must exist. For Zeno, there can be real things that are not bodies, and so do not exist according to his materialist ontology, but yet are nevertheless in some sense real, as we shall see shortly. So, for the Stoics, if anything exists or has the capacity to act or be acted upon, then it is a body. This will be as true for the soul, justice, virtue, or wisdom as it will be for more tangible physical objects such as sticks and stones. In this way, Zeno faces Plato's challenge to materialism head-on, refuses to compromise as Plato's moderate materialists had, and reaffirms the uncompromising materialism of the giants. Despite this fairly uncompromising materialism, there are a few entities that cannot be conceived as bodies and yet that the Stoics would not want to say are nothing at all. One such example would be the sense or meaning of an utterance, the sayables that we encountered in the previous chapter. Another would be void, which is clearly not a body, but yet is presumably something in some sense if it is to be an object of thought at all. In fact, the Stoics suggest four types of entity that fit into this category of being, quote-unquote, something, yet not being bodies, void, time, place, and sayables. As they claim that only bodies exist, these other entities are in some sense real, but cannot be said to exist. Instead, they are said to subsist. Stoic ontology posits a supreme genus of something under which there are two subdivisions of existing bodies or corporeals and subsisting incorporeals. For the Stoics, then, existence or being is not the highest ontological genus. It is, contrary to Plato's assumption in the Sophist, possible for something to be something at all without having to assume that it exists. These non-existing somethings, the incorporeals, do not exist, but nevertheless are real. We have, then, a highest genus covering all real entities, some of which are existing bodies, and some of which are non-existing but subsisting incorporeals. And that is all I'm going to read from John Sellers and Oxford University Press, please forgive me. And I think here we're going to stop because if your head isn't spinning, it's because you're in denial and you're experiencing some sort of calm before the storm, some kind of delayed intellectual jet lag.
rewind, listen again, and I'm sure you'll be dizzy by the second run through. The point is that this letter refers to something that you need to dig pretty deep into the physics and ontology of Stoicism to really understand, and that's not exactly what this podcast is meant to do. However, this is a podcast where we go over some of Seneca's letters, and so we have to talk about it, and this is how I decided to do it. It's also the case that our workshops are meant to dive into this sort of thing, and so is the theory channel in our Discord community, which is free. So you can go to actualstoicism.com to keep an eye out for some of our deep dive workshops about some of these sorts of things. And you can go ahead and join the Discord at stoicismpod.com forward slash Discord to start getting deeper by joining the theory channel if you would like. Again, that's free. So thanks again for listening today. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And until next time, take care.